Welcome to the Chapman CG podcast series, inspiring and informative conversations with top HR leaders from around the world. Hi, I'm Nicola Hasling, a director with Chapman CG in the, the Americas, and I'm here today with Karen Nickel to talk about how CHROs can build stronger relationships with their board. In particular, the ability to quickly build credibility with your board and the compensation committee is critical to the success of a CHRO. Skills CHROs learn in working with boards can also equip them to become board members themselves in the future. Karen is the former CHRO of ConocoPhillips, the largest independent oil and gas exploration and production company, and has been serving on company boards for over six years. Karen, uh, could you tell, tell us a bit about your current board roles and, and your experience as um, a CHRO? Sure, Nicola, I'd be happy to. As you mentioned, I currently serve on three public company boards. All of them are in the extraction industry, two of them in the energy sector and one in the mining sector. And across these three boards over the years that I've served, I have served on nominating committees, governance committees, audit, facility, safety, and of course, HR compensation committees. Additionally, I currently am the chair of one HR compensation committee for one of the companies um, that I serve on. And then you also asked about my CHRO role. Um, as lead HR executive for ConocoPhillips, I had the opportunity to interface or actually really facilitate the compensation committee for what was then a Fortune 10 company, pretty large company. It was a great experience working with such a thoughtful group of leaders. And it was during a period when executive compensation really came under increased scrutiny. So the relationships that really I was able to forge with each of the committee chairs that I worked with over those eight years was a huge learning experience for me. And it actually ended up helping prepare me for board service after I retired. What do you think the board members and probably specifically the chairman of the compensation committee are looking for in their CHROs? I think what they're hunting for is is certainly deep HR functional expertise, but what they're really seeking is that this functional expertise is coupled with business expertise. It's really the integration of both the functional and the business expertise that creates the most value in the boardroom, and frankly, the company. You know, it isn't just about compensation programs anymore. A CHRO should be able to provide the board with an analytical framework that provides insight on strategic issues well in advance of those issues becoming crises or problems. A really good example of this uh, was when you know, there was a big war on talent that was in all the headlines. And uh, kind of in advance of that, we had been able to take to our board of directors a summary of kind of the, um, the populations of all of our critical skills and leadership groupings. And what we showed was a very skewed age distribution across critical skills and leadership levels. And while we didn't need to get you know, board approval for really fully engaging at the university level and really kind of redoubling our recruiting efforts. Those are all management decisions. So we didn't need board approval, but by showing them how we were looking at our talent pool, it really gave the board increased confidence around our HR processes and our HR understanding of strategic people issues. And in, in the result of it was that we were, you know, ahead and equipped to really deal with the war for talent that 
were you know in all the headlines and that all the board members were aware of. So, th so that that strategic framework is certainly important. There's also uh, a need for some good understanding of regulatory changes that impact people processes. You know, like executive compensation, union actions. And it's important to really understand uh, what the important governance red flags are that are out there for boards. Certainly, you know, there's a lot of shareholders that are paying a lot of attention to governance issues. And it's important that the CHRO be aware of those so that they can uh, help the, the committee and the board be aware of them too. And finally, many committees have their own compensation advisors separate from the company's advisors. So the CHRO has got to have the ability to manage these relationships in such a way that it doesn't become a matter of dueling advisors uh, because that becomes very confusing for the committee to have a, a management uh, advisor and a committee advisor that are telling them different things. And so managing um, those different points of view in such a way that the committee is able to understand the perspectives and make decisions is really important for your CHRO. Imagine when you've got those uh, potentially competing advisors, that uh, that can certainly be a, a challenge to to manage that and and keep the message on point. How, from from your experiences um, from on both sides of the table, how do you think CHROs can can best build those strong long-term relationships with their board, with the whole of the board, and and also specifically the compensation committee? What what tips would you would you share with the with people on this? Well, confidence with the board really begins with having the confidence of the CEO that most CHROs report to, as well as the company's senior leadership. A CHRO who is respect, a respected member of the senior leadership team begins um, with some board credibility just right away. And so that's certainly the, the first thing that's really important. But I also, my experience is that you CHROs really need to come to the table with a thoughtful, reasoned point of view on on all issues. You know, you aren't just there to report and to provide information. You have to be prepared to have your own voice on matters. And as you have your own voice, you begin to build additional credibility with the board for the issues that you, you bring to the table. I also think that it's really important for CHROs to develop a structure for the committee work that gives them, gives the committee time to thoughtfully make all their decisions. Uh, I found that this structure just um, built huge credibility with the committees that I facilitated and gave me an opportunity to help the committee make good and thoughtful decisions. So sort of planning ahead, uh, giving them the confidence that, that you know what you're doing. So if you take that, um, you know, obviously you're working across the board, but um, for a CHRO, one of the most important committees is the Compensation Committee. Uh, what are your recommendations on working well, working effectively with the whole Compensation Committee and, and particularly the chair of that Compensation Committee? Mm -hmm. Well, that was, that was a little bit of what I was alluding to uh, in responding to your last question, because I really think the process that um, CHR has put in place um, to help comp committees can just be really value added. And it starts with coming to the table recognizing that you have two masters. You, you represent management's recommendations, but also as serving the board, um, you have a responsibility of, of giving them 
you know, serving the board and giving them good kind of external advice too. Usually these perspectives are not in conflict, but they can be, and you just need to, you know, come to the table understanding that. But then the process that I have found effective on both sides of the table in helping the comp committee be most effective um, begins with providing a forward agenda for the entire year to the committee that captures all of the elements of the committee charter. And it helps the committee be able to look across their year's worth of work and say, okay, I understand how we can fulfill all the responsibilities of our charter with this annual work plan. And so this blueprint really get, starts to build confidence in, in the committee. Then uh, how I would always work and how I, I try and work with the CHROs that, that uh, work directly with me as, as committee chair now, at the conclusion, conclusion of every committee meeting, uh, meeting with the chair for alignment on the next steps, as well as feedback. So, you know, it's kind of like what came out of the meeting, what are the things that need to be carried forward to the next agenda, what were the areas of um, confusion, controversy that need more clarification? All of those insights from the meeting that's just been completed help to inform, as a CR, HR, CHRO, how you interact with the committee, how you improve your performance, but also what you need to take into the next committee meeting. And so this is the beginning of setting the agenda for the next meeting. And then a month before the next committee meeting, as a CHRO, I would always check in with the chair to confirm the agenda for the meeting. And so I would take whatever was on our annual forward agenda, along with things that had emerged out of the prior meeting, and really set a logical flow for the, the next committee meeting. And then I would, you know, ask the committee chair if there were other things that he or she wanted to add uh, to the meeting. And sometimes, Sometimes there were, you know, there were things, side conversations that had come out of the board meeting or something um, that were being brought back to the committee for additional work. And so it was a good chance a month before the next meeting for me to pick the brain of the committee chair and fully understand his or her expectations of what would be included in the next meeting. It also gave me a chance then to understand if I needed to pull their comp consultant or the management's comp consultant in for any of these issues in enough time where they could do their work. So that month prior meeting was really important. And then 10 days before the actual committee meeting, I would end up reviewing all of the book, all of the meeting material with the chair. And this was a good way to, you know, kind of check in meeting flow to make sure that the expectations that he had or she had set out in advance were being met by the data that was included in the package. And so it was, it was a good process that always left the committee chair feeling like he or she could kind of manage the meeting. And then that left us a few days for any, you know, cleanup work that was requested before we sent the meeting material out to the full committee. And we always tried to do that a week ahead of the meeting. I just think that it's a it's recognition that the committee members are busy people and getting that meeting material out a week ahead gave them enough time to thoughtfully consider the material and be prepared to have a productive productive meeting. And then you have the meeting and the site starts all over again. So <laughs> I know it sounds a bit processy. I mean, there's a lot of steps into that. But I found that it, it was a process that really helped build my relationship, confidence and credibility with the chair. 
And now that I'm on the other side of the table, I find that it helps equip me in feeling like I can lead the committee to the decisions, the weighty decisions that we have to take. So it really worked for me. I see that, you know, certainly a lot of process there, but also a lot be done and things that can't be overlooked. So I think getting into that right cadence quickly is uh, will certainly help both sides of the mm-hmm. of the equation. I mean, are there any particular challenges that you can think of that you know, CHRO should be mindful of or, or commonly face when working with boards? And, and of those challenges, what, what do you think they can best do to overcome these? Well, I mentioned earlier that CHRO role in working with the boards could be difficult when the company and board agendas diverge. And this doesn't often happen, but you can find yourself between a rock and a hard place occasionally. <laughs> and my best advice when that happens is to be very clear in in communicating the different point of views to each party and to make sure that they understand that it's not just a perfect alignment. I mean, I think the the best advice always is don't let there be any surprises. And your role is communicating and making sure that the company perspective is fully understood by the board and a board's perspective is fully understood by the company. And then it's equally important for you to have a point of view. I, I think I mentioned that earlier. You you have to be well-informed and understand, you know, the intended and unintended outcomes of a decision and be able to form your own point of view and be able to communicate that to both parties too. And sometimes that's hard. I mean, I'm not poo-pooing that. That is a hard position to take sometimes. But the best advice that I got as a CHRO came from a CEO of a global accounting and consulting firm. And he was telling me how much he treasured his CHRO and her role on the senior leadership team and her role as a strong as strong counsel to him. And he said, you know, part of what makes her valuable is that she has a point of view. And he said, the minute that she she would begin to fear losing his her job as a result of of her point of view would be the minute that she no longer would be valuable to me. I I always thought that was such great advice and a good motivator for me as I, you know, worked those issues that you know might be in conflict between the board and in management's point of view. And so it really it really always encouraged me to want to be a strong, provocative leader that had a strategic and business mindset. And that gave me confidence to speak my mind. And I think that's important for CHROs. And it's what I look for when I'm across the table now and asking difficult questions of the CHRO. Certainly very uh, sage advice, but it sort of strikes me that in that situation as a CHRO, you know, working with leadership team, working with the board, the CHRO in many occasions is actually wearing two hats and it must be um, having to navigate the expectations of, of, of differing stakeholders. Is there an example of, of that situation that you've, you've had to deal with? Um, yeah, one of the ones that will, I think will really resonate with folks because it, it, it it wouldn't be a surprise to anyone. But as a board member, I've seen this example play out a number of times where management is uh, wanting approval of a compensation, executive compensation program that uh, has a great deal of discretion embedded in it. 
And of course, they want that for a lot of good reasons. Um, the energy sector is very, very complex. It's volatile. It's hard to set short-term and long-term performance metrics against which you know performance can be applied kind of in a formulaic manner. And so, of course, discretion is an answer for for that complexity. But um, on the other hand, from a committee's perspective. A committee is very mindful of how discretion is frowned upon by shareholders, by proxy advisors, especially in the face of uh, shareholder experience of low returns. You know, they don't want to see a lot of discretion applied. And so that's, that sets up a situation where there are really competing but very legitimate viewpoints. And, you know, committees have to struggle with that all the time. You, you lay on top of that, often, as I've mentioned, um, the company will have a set of, of comp advisors and the committee will have a different comp advisor, and they have different perspectives. So, so you can start to see that, you know, you kind of have this situation of very difficult competing, competing perspectives. And on such occasions, um, I've, I've had comp committee chairs turn to me as a CHRO and say, Karen, what's your perspective? Not that they were going to take my perspective as an answer, but, but they were seeking someone that interfaces externally, interfaces with the advisors, is a member of the senior leadership team, but has a responsibility of supporting the board, and, and we're wanting, you know, an integrated viewpoint. And CHROs have to have the ability to develop that point of view and the logic behind that point of view um, and share it with the company. Yeah, back, back to your own point, uh, earlier point, it's, yeah, definitely have an opinion and don't be afraid to, to voice it. As, as you look back now, and um, you've, you've made a very, very successful transition from being a, a CHRO of a, one of the top companies here in North America, and a global company for that matter, you made a very successful transition to um, serving on boards. What advice would you give to, to other CHROs who are at that point in their career and they're starting to think and prepare for that transition? What advice would you give for them in terms of preparing for that and creating the right skill set for that transition? Well, first of all, I would really encourage uh, CHROs to take advantage of the learning opportunity that's right in front of them of interfacing with their current board members that they support. Their current board members are just a treasure trove of knowledge and perspective. So I would really encourage uh, CHROs to establish strong relationships and ask them to share their perspectives and learnings with you. It's very interesting, the first boards that I was I interviewed with, with the opportunity of joining the, the boards, they asked for references and I reached out to my comp committee chairs that I'd worked with over the years to provide that reference for me. And they turned out to be just phenomenal references that were very supportive of, you know, my board candidacy. So don't pass up, you know, really interfacing with your current board members and your current committee members. Yeah, the second thought I have is is the importance of building your external networks while you're still working. Yeah, I had a lot of people tell me that when I was working, and unfortunately, I, I didn't do as good a job of that as I wish I had because I was always so busy. You know, we, demanding work schedules kept me very internally focused, and so I didn't do as good a job externally networking. And I would, so I'm going to encourage everyone that might be listening to to really focus externally too. It's really important and it will not only serve you after 
you retire when you're hunting for board roles, but it, it serves you in your current role too, to be connected uh, externally. And the third idea I have is uh, really to be willing to participate in external panels and to speak on topics that you have some experience or expertise in. At Phillips, we've done some great work on diversity. And as a result, I was asked to serve on panels and speak on to several groups on the topic. And those opportunities really helped to build people's awareness of me, my interest, and it would really do the same for anyone. And so I'd really encourage people to take advantage of those speaking opportunities too. Some very sound advice there and you know, some elements, especially around um, you know, the speaking opportunities in the external network that uh, might not always be quite so obvious. And yeah, when you have a, a busy day job, sometimes it is trying to find the time to, to invest in, in, your, in, your, uh, in your future and in your network. And now that you've um, made that tradition and you've got six years um, under your belt in terms of board services, I'm, I'm sure you've had some tremendous challenges and opportunities. And you know, from your perspective, you know, what for you have been those key challenges and the opportunities of, of board service? Well, frankly, Nicola, I've actually found more opportunities than challenges. I really thoroughly enjoy the boards uh, on which I serve. It's so invigorating to work with such a thoughtful, intelligent group of businessmen and women, and they, I, I find that it's stimulating, that it's, you know, it's, it's, it gives me an opportunity to continue to grow. Um, it's a lot of fun when you're working with a, a group that has a shared commitment to a company shareholders, but they come to work with a very diverse set of experiences and perspectives, and so it makes every meeting really provocative and uh, interesting. It's also been a way for me to apply, you know, a 35-year career of a very diverse set of experiences in one sector, energy. I've been able to move into another sector, the mining industry, and continue to grow and learn. So that's another big plus of board services that you often find opportunities of how you can leverage a set of experiences that you gained in your career into a totally new sector and continue to grow and learn, which um, which is really invigorating. If there is a challenge, it's around the importance of being intentional about building relationships with others on the boards that you serve. I mean, think about it. You only meet with these people, you know, four to eight times a year, and yet the very heartbeat of a board requires collegiality, respect, understanding, you know, working together. And so it's very, very important to have a, a relationship with these individuals. And when you have to travel to board meetings, they're not local, you know, the the time of interface with other people on the board is pretty limited. And so you have to be very intentional about carving out additional time. I mean, I try to arrive at my board meetings that are uh, that I travel to, maybe you know a half day in advance and meet one of my one of the board members for dinner or for drinks, you know, to build that personal relationship so that when you're together as a board, you can work professionally uh, so much better. So that's that's a piece of advice that I uh, would share. Is it's very very important to be intentional about building relationships once you join a board. Finally, um, I'd really be interested in. In your perspectives, um, what do you think makes a CHRO a good fit for executive board roles? Well, it thrills me to see more and more CHROs being considered for board opportunities because I, I can see how they can bring so much value to a board with their understanding of talent, 
CEO and leadership succession, organizational development, executive compensation, all of those are critical strategic issues of the board. And they're critical strategic issues of shareholders now, too. I mean, you're starting to see more and more shareholders really raise those issues. And boards consequently are saying, gosh, we've got to have those kind of skills on our board um, to make sure that we're being aware of those issues and responsive to those issues. So I think that's part of what makes CHRO such a good fit for for uh, board roles. Additionally, the CHR role itself often attracts a lot of, of diversity, whether it's gender, ethnicity, organizational experience. And as we all know, more boards are trying harder now than they ever have before to bring diversity into their their board uh, populations. So you not only get this great plethora of experience around people processes and, and people issues, but um, those experts themselves bring a diversity into the boardroom that really contributes great value. And I think the result is it's improving uh, decision-making inside of the board as a result of those two things. Karen, thank you so much for your time today and um, talking to us about your experiences, both as a CHRO working very closely with a board and then as you transitioned over to a board member and a chair of a comp committee. I think your comments and observations were certainly very insightful. And I think to your last point, I absolutely agree with you. It is very encouraging to see CHROs taking more board seats. Talent and talent management is consistently recognized as being one of the key concerns of CEOs. So having that expertise on the board as a, an advisor and sounding board uh, can, only, can only benefit both the CEO and, uh, and any organization. So, again, thank you so much for your time today. Very, very much appreciated. Oh, it's my pleasure, Nicola. Thank you for the opportunity. For more excellent conversations from Chapman CG, subscribe to our podcast series or check us out at chapmancg.com.